0: of the anointing of God I thank you father that you will show us things we've never seen and let us hear things we've never heard from you before and I speak to the atmosphere and I clear every frequency out that does not belong to you father every frequency that will distract that is intended to um, to bring a negative thought the minds of the listeners i speak to the atmosphere right now and i say the only voice permitted to speak here is the voice of the holy spirit so we tune in to the voice of holy spirit we tune in with the anointing of god that destroys yokes and bondages and sets captives free and i thank you lord that the eyes of our understanding are opened that we may see know and understand the truth of your calling and your perfect will for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Okay, tonight our lesson has one word, but it's really two words. But I made it one word. But it's two words. In English language, it's two words. And it's blind spot. So I'll write it as two words for my English majors. <laughs> and Those who know. Blind spot. Okay. That's what our topic is tonight. So when I, that's the word God gave me to teach on. I said, thank you. And then I started preparing. So the word blind spot in the dictionary, as far as your anatomy goes, a blind spot is the point of entry of the optic nerve on the retina, it's insensitive to light. So that means that it's where light isn't, there's no bother with light. Like light's not accepted for what light It's not received. Okay. The second uh, part of the definition is an area where a person's view is obstructed. So, for example, the angle, the angle rear view mirror eliminates blind spots in both sides of, on both sides of the car. So that's why we have rare, uh, the rear view mirror and the side mirror so that we are trying to avoid blind spots. However, I understand on trucks there is a spot that is blind. You don't want to get in that little blind spot. So as we think about blind spots tonight, We're going to not just think of it in the natural, but we're going to look at it in the spiritual. And there's another definition. Like, for example, a portion of a field that cannot be seen or inspected with available equipment. So a blind spot could also be an unavailable. It's basically an area that's just not available for much use. It's It's not usable. So that's another way of a blind spot. Right, And here's another example of a definition. An area in which one fails to exercise judgment or discrimination. So it's an area where you are not making correct decisions because you have a blind spot. So that's kind of moral we're going to talk about. Because I think we have built-in familiarities that can cause us to have a blind spot to what we should be doing in life and who we should be, to whom, right? So if you don't know, and the blind spot is something that you're unaware of because it's a blind spot. So, the way we're going to look at it, the first thing I want to tell you about blind spot is that it's an area that does not let light in, which means it's an area of your life that the light of God does not have permission to go. So, having a spiritual blind spot, you have an area in your life Where the light of God was told no. Either by your actions, by the default setting, or actually by your words of no. Okay? And this is a note I have. Spiritual blind spots will leave. Not leave, lead. Spiritual blind spots will lead to your natural corresponding subject matter to be without light. So let me explain. Um, Spiritual blind spots will put your natural corresponding subject matter in jeopardy of being taken over by the enemy because the enemy operates in darkness. So his his optimum working conditions is darkness. So the more darkness he can find inside where he's working, the better conditions it is for him. So the reason you want light from God to enter every subject matter of your life is because the light will put out the darkness. So that's why you want the light of God to come in. Now, the scripture does say what um, I don't know how it says, I forgot how it says it, but what fellowship? There you go. Fellowship. What fellowship does light have with darkness? Basically, if you are born again, believer, then darkness, your spirit is no longer dark. You're now light, which means you're born again. You're alive in Christ. So that's not the one I'm talking about. You are born again. That means you're alive in Christ and you have eternal life okay so that's not what i'm talking about here i'm talking about your mind and your belief system having blind spots right so i don't want you to be to go back and forth between those two thinking and think that i'm telling you that you're not saved and you're not going to go to heaven and that's not what we're talking about but the bible does tell us that uh, we die for a lack of knowledge right and the bible and it says my people so it's not the sinner that's dying because of a lack of knowledge. It's the Christians that die because of a lack of knowledge. So, I mean, the sinners are going to die. They're, they're in darkness, 100% complete darkness. So you may feel great because you're a child of God and you know you have eternal life, but your life may not be everything it could be, and you know that. But you can't quite put your finger on it. Because it's a blind spot. <laughs> That's all that to tell you that. Okay? So so this is what I want you to this is how I want you to think about it, alright? It's just like something is kinda odd, but you're not sure when then you can't put your finger on it, it's a blind spot. Okay? Now um Okay. I'm telling you a couple of things and then we'll get into the scripture. Light contains light from God. So when I say light, I'm talking God's darkness, the devil, right? Light contains 100% truth, the full truth. Okay? Darkness hides the truth. Darkness doesn't have truth in it. But darkness will use. Some truth, it has to use some truth in order to deceive you. Because darkness by itself has no content. It has nothing to offer. So it has to show you something. It has to allow you to see something that's the offer. But the interpretation of the offer is where the deception comes in. Right. So this is why you're in jeopardy of being taken over by darkness in an area of your life where full light is not expressed because, you know, part truth. So the devil will take that part truth and deceive you with it while you're in church. While you're talking to another Christian, while you're reading the Bible and while you're praying. A blind spot. Okay? So I'm taking my time to explain all this. I'm actually teaching tonight, which is a shocking event of history, but it's necessary for this subject. Everybody following me so far? Okay. The first thing God did was speak light. So when God said light be into the atmosphere, he was also speaking truth be. So when light comes, truth comes, okay? And the Holy Spirit moved when light was spoken. He was on the water all the time. He was hovering over the water, but there was no action from the Holy Spirit because it was all darkness. So the Holy Spirit's ready to move, whether it's darkness or light, but light gives him the action to, of what to do okay everybody got me so far um so based on just the beginning right in the beginning um god created the heaven and the earth but everything it was void without form darkness was everywhere that's okay when adam and eve fell and the garden of eden was disrupted and all this right So eventually, everything is going to go back. We're going to have a new heaven, a new earth. Everything is going to be like perfect again, right? Okay. Well, the devil's goal is to take everything back to where it says it was formless and void and darkness was covered the face of the earth. So God is working us towards creating. Everything is new. We're a new creation in Christ Jesus where old things are passed away. All things have become new. The devil is trying to get you back so the old things are passed away before everything became new. The best way he can do it and the fastest way is to keep you in more darkness and keep you covered, keep you high, you know, the truth hidden from you. Right? So the reason you, he can get away with it is because we protect our blind spots. If you had an accident and it was your fault, And the person said, "You, I was there, and you didn't see me. If you're trying to protect yourself from being the cause of the accident, you'll be well. You weren't there, or I would have seen you. You Like you would be sure that if you, if that person was there, you would have seen them." But what if they were in your blind spot? You didn't even give a con- concern for that because you have your mirrors, you have, your rare, you have everything you need that they would not, there would not be a blind spot. You would have seen them because you've never not seen somebody before. That's what the devil does to Christians. I go to church. I receive salvation. I'm even filled with the Holy Ghost for those who are. I was water baptized. My, I grew up in the church. So if that was true... I would have known it by now. Right? And you could argue with somebody about that for days just to hold on to your blind spot. And the devil will give you every reference you need in the Bible to support it. I can tell you that right now. The Pharisees did not lack any of the law words necessary to support what they were um, assaulting Jesus with, with words. Remember? Remember? When they came to him, they were constantly telling him, this is what the law says. But it was being used in a deceptive manner. You see the difference? Okay, so um, let's see what else I have here. So let's go to Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6. I'm walking a lot tonight. So, Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6. And while you're turning there, here's something you must understand. I said it before, but I'm going to say it again. The devil does not want to know the truth. The devil doesn't care what the truth is. He wants to know enough about the truth that he so he can deceive you with it. So the devil knows the entire Bible. He knows it better than you. But he uses it for deception. The reason it doesn't change him, it can't change him, is because he cannot accept the light that is in it. Okay? So when you encounter people that quote the scripture... You still have to be careful because you don't know what spirit thereof, Right. So if the devil wants to put a Christian in bondage, he won't tell you the lyrics from some song that has a bunch of cuss words in it. He'll tell you a scripture to put you in bondage because you're used. You read the Bible. You're a Christian. <laughs> OK. So you have to know these. are the, um It was. Paul who said, I won't have you be ignorant to the wiles of the enemy. You have to know the strategies that are being used. Okay. So Hosea chapter four, verse six, it says, my people, this is amplified. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge of my law, where I reveal my will. Because you, the priestly nation have rejected knowledge. I will also reject you from being my priest. You see how that works? Since you have forgotten the law of your God, I will also forget your children. By the way, our behavior affects our children. So um, a lack of knowledge is designed to keep you in the dark. And it doesn't a lack of knowledge doesn't come from God. He's alerting us to it. God has everything we need to know. It's in his word, and the Holy Spirit is there to teach us what the word said. So, in other words, the Holy Spirit knows what the author meant when he wrote it. So, that's the one we consult with if we have a question, right? He has the position of teacher in our life. Now, you could fire him and tell him, I just want you for like all the ooey, ooey, gooey feelings, I don't want you to be my teacher. The Holy Spirit is priceless enough and full of love enough to let you have your your will over the will of the Father, and the Father would do the same, right? So, one of the dark principles of evil is to tell you the thought, is to give you the idea. That if God wants you to know it, He'll tell you. Well, He has a lot of things He wants you to know that He's already told you. You just haven't accepted it. <laughs> I can guarantee <laughs> He's told you in the Bible. You would have heard a message. You just haven't accepted it, right? We're going to find out why we couldn't possibly accept some of these things. Everybody with me? So the. Goal is to get light to the areas that have a blind spot held in place by darkness. That's the goal. So how do we let the light in? Good question. Great question. Fantastic question. One way that we let the light in is the same way God did. And we speak it out. So we speak the truth into our atmosphere. So there is this, um, if you could see into the infrared sphere, (laughs) if you had one of those magnetic light things, whatever, that could uh, tell you what frequencies are. Around all of us, we have a certain area. That our body, we're 100% energy by the way, we're like powerhouses, um, will affect. Okay? This is just normal, regular science. It's not spooky stuff, so let, let the blind spots go away. So, <laughs> um, in the spirit realm, in the supernatural realm, in the realm God works in with us, we know that there is no time or distance in the spirit, right? And Jesus demonstrated that because he prayed for people from here that lived in other villages. And when he spoke, it happened to them immediately, even though the messenger hadn't gotten there yet. And it was reported when the messengers got there, the person who came to ask for the help, and when they got there and said, what time did this happen? It happened as such as that it was the exact time when the person asked Jesus to pray for the person. You understand? So we operate like Jesus. There's a blind spot you need to get out of yourself. I've taught this before, and Pastor uh, uh, Patty, who's coming to our Women's Conference, she taught this in the church when she spoke, if you were here. If not, you know, you could go to our website on our um, live stream page. We have messages on there still. Type in her name, Patty, however we spell it, P-A-T-T-I-E, I think if you did that. You, it should pull her up, her last sermon from here. But but she explained in the stories in the Bible, in the gospel, when you read a story where Jesus and somebody else was, we, we, the believer today, you and I, our character in the story is Jesus. We are like Jesus in the story. We're not like the person coming to get help. We're the person giving the help. You understand? That's your goal. Your goal is to be Jesus, helping people, not people coming to Jesus for help. We get that, okay? And isn't that what the Bible says? I'm crucified with Christ, yet yeah, not not I live. You understand what I'm saying? Literally. <laughs> so Jesus did the experience that we should have, and he—this is the best part—we get to be the Jesus that's alive and powerful, not the one that's on the cross. He took that spot for us; we don't have to do it. Like, oh my gosh! <laughs> You see, okay, so we have to speak into our atmosphere, every truth that we discover, that we get a revelation of. We must speak it out, not just keep it in our heads. So your morning devotions, which that's something that should probably change to, but we'll get to that. Your blind spot morning devotions. Um, <coughs> should should involve sounds of what you just discovered in Revelation. You should say it out loud into your atmosphere. Like from now on, Fiona is this. Whatever you saw, this is Fiona. I heard Dr. Bill Winston preaching a message today, and he happened to, in passing, say, The time zone of faith is now. Because the Bible says now faith is. The whole point of faith is it's now, right? So I said, Fiona's new time zone is now. Yeah. Because that just like hit me like, wow, the time zone of faith is now. And the reason I want my time zone to match the time zone of faith is because it is impossible to please God without faith. Right? That's what the Bible says. So, I want to live a life that pleases God. So, my time zone needs to adjust to the thing that pleases God. <laughs> Hence, my time, I told Pastor Duck tonight, my time zone is now. <laughs> then I explained. <laughs> but, you see, when you get a revelation of something in the Word whether it's being preached and taught to you, or you're reading it yourself, use it right away. So that's one one of the ways you let light in. When God showed up and the the chaos was there, he didn't say, well, let me think about this and come back tomorrow and see what we're going to (laughs) do. You understand what I'm saying? It happened. There's that. Here's this. You understand? The Holy Spirit didn't say, Well, it's not my season to operate yet, so let's just wait. (laughs) Everything happened immediately when truth was spoken, light be, light came, truth entered the atmosphere. And remember, we keep forgetting this, remember, when God spoke, the atmosphere became sinless because light showed up truth was operating so lies had to go right i remember he separated the darkness from the light so because remember when adam and eve was in the garden was perfect there was no sin nothing no thorns nothing to indicate sin was present right it was after that sin uh became present when obedience to sin occurred okay So you speak it out, and then you have to take action, which God did. So after God spoke light and truth into the atmosphere is pretty much light brought truth, he started arranging the disorder. He started putting things into place. So when you get revelation from the word of God, you will see the disorder that exists on the subject matter you just got a revelation on. The worst thing you could do is take the information and decide what you should do about it. (laughs) That is the worst thing you could do. You know why? Because there is a helper ready to help you with that decision. It's called the spirit of fear. The devil sends in the spirit of fear so he can shut down the operation of power, love, and a sound mind. God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and a sound mind, right? Right, right. If you know it's truth, if you get a revelation from the Holy Spirit, then it's truth. So the only thinking you should be doing is, how quick can I get it done? In other words, you have to receive it. So if it's an action that you have to take, first you have to receive it. So you have to say, yes, I accept that. And then go into right away doing something towards the goal. Do you understand? That was a good way of asking that so we get a clarity on it because you have to first say yes. Remember, everything we do with God is permission-based by us, okay, because we are free will beings, okay? So God's not going to just throw stuff at you and tell you you have to. If that was the case, everybody would be saved and it'll be shut down and recreated. We'd be all out of here, Okay. But the will of man is involved here, and this is where the stuff, this is where darkness is just having a heyday. Yeah. Like, when I was in here, and I got this idea, he had such and such money. So I knew it was God, and so rather than, gee, God, do you really want me to do it? But just if you know it's him, just do it. Uh huh. And here's a clue. Usually the devil doesn't tell you to give anybody anything, but it's a side <laughs> point. Unless it's attached to a deception, like a manipulation. Like you go give them that money and then you can ask them to do this for you. That's the devil. <laughs> God would never tell you to go give somebody money and then go ask for a favor after. That just does not how he does it. So just so you're aware. Okay, but yeah, so um, you have to speak it. Your speaking will include permission. So when I declare Fiona's new time zone is now, that's permission for God to show me how faith works now. So I, I expect to have revelation about how the now faith is, you know, more about that than what I know now. OK. All right. We got this. So right there, what I'm telling you right now, you would have already had a blind spot on the whole subject. Because you probably never thought of it in this way. So, now light has come to it. The worst, okay, let me tell you something. The worst thing you could do is go to is to sit under teaching like this, even to other ministers that are teaching truth, and may, and decide if you're going to participate. <laughs> you just don't even listen, like leave, like don't listen to it online. Don't do it because it's more harmful. <laughs> you understand what i'm saying yeah. so in other words like with the pharisees they listened to stuff and then they used it against jesus because the devil had use of it in them you understand imagine judas traveled with jesus and did miracles he he was part of the disciples you know that did stuff and he still made the decision he made So what I'm saying, one of the blind spots to look at for yourself is when you go to church, when you read the Bible in your devotions, when you listen to a minister online, what's the intention, right? Check your blind spot. Is it to make you feel better about something you already believe? Or is it so something could be revealed to you that you may not be doing that you need to do? Does that make sense? I always want to know what I don't know so my thing is always like what don't I know on this subject I need to know more about this you see and so when Pastor Doug's preaching I'm always over there typing on my phone because I'm like notes are coming like crazy and so I take it in the moment I take it right away I take it I take it I take it because it's again you have 24 hours I have 24 hours we all have 24 hours. What we do with that time is our responsibility. It's not just our business. It's our responsibility. You understand? So culture and social etiquette and whatever may dictate to you what your time should be used for. But again, God doesn't consult them for your time he consults you for your time right so that's if you have a blind spot on your time being owned by someone else you should you should really look into it and ask God for light on the matter of time because it's the one thing none of us could get back we can't save up time you know you could probably get your job for vacation or something like that but all you're not saving up time. You're accumulating the privilege of taking off future time. You understand what I'm saying? But they're not giving you back those days that you already worked. <laughs> okay, now let's look at the blind spots. You already look at some blind spots? I, I have some suggestions for blind spots. The first one is check on your conversations. The first blind spot, conversations. Go to Malachi. Chapter 3 and verse 16. Conversations involve time, right? Words. And here may be, this may be a blind spot area. Seeds. because the time and the words are being used to plant seeds so when you're having conversations that's happening okay malachi 3:16. then those who feared the lord with all filled reverence spoke to one another and the lord paid attention and heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before him of those who fear the Lord with an attitude of reverence and respect and who esteemed His name. What does the next one say? And then he gives he actually says what happens. Do you see? So other translations, you could look it up in other translations. It talks about those who are talking about God. When they're talking about God, it's being recorded. Right, So our words and the time we're spending, it's producing seeds, because words are containers. And God is recording when we talk about him. And that means he will watch over those words to give the harvest of it. Right? You want him doing that, you don't want the other guy. Not that he could do what God can do, but the point is our words bring attention, our words attract atmospheres. You ever go into a room and somebody was talking about you and as soon as you walk in they stop talking? I'm sure this has happened to somebody at one point in your life. Okay. No not not a single word is being said when you walked in, but you know. Because the words against you is in the atmosphere. right so for example let's say you're sick and you're saying all the stuff that's going on with you so here's the thing a good practice would be to finish it off with truth so here's what's happening but here's the truth the truth would come from the word so the truth would say that uh i am healed because of jesus's stripes i am healed you know what i'm saying like I'm not accepting this as the final thing for my body. That's a different conversation than you sit there with each other over lunch and all you do is talk about what's happened bad in each of your lives and you leave. I can guarantee you the sim- everything you talked about will multiply. It will get worse. You see what I'm saying? I had a phone call this week. This is a perfect example. So, you know, the big winds that were happening. So I'm at home and I'm thinking, I heard this like loud noise, you know, like something fell somewhere. So I thought, well, outside in the yard, something must have blown over. When the wind is over, we'll go out and see what it is. So I'm doing my thing and I decided to use the guest bathroom. I had to go to the bathroom. I never do when I'm home. I always use mine, even if I'm in the living room. But I just oh, I'll just go right here. I went, so I'm after my bathroom. and I'm going. to this thing to wash my hands, and I'm feeling this draft, you know, like this cold air hitting me. And I'm looking. I'm opening the cabinet, going, is, is there a hole in the floor? Like, what happened? We're in the sec. What happened? Like, I'm looking everywhere for this air, and I'm putting my hand up. I can't feel anything, and I look up. I'm like, you know, it's not coming from up there. And I look up and I go, but man, that looks so weird up there. It's like that tree, I could see it so clearly, you know. So we have a skylight in the bathroom. So then I'm thinking, I've never seen it that clean. And I'm still waving my hands and I can't feel the direct air because I guess the angle to which it's coming in, it it felt like it was at my feet, the air, right? So I go into the closet, get a big long stick. <laughs> still not convinced this thing is talking about blind spot. That's how you're in denial of a blind spot. I'm looking at the thing. <laughs> I get this long rod and I'm putting up there. I go, well, it went past the roof part and it's still going. Oh, my gosh, the skylight just blew off. <laughs> so, okay. So I... uh I thought, wow, that's so interesting. So, <laughs> so after I text the pastor, like, hey, I think our skylight just blew somewhere. It's not there. I called the insurance people. I said, hey, you know, um, the claim lady answered. And I said, yeah, our skylight just blew off. Somehow. <laughs> so odd. She goes, oh, does it open? I said, it does, but we've never opened it. It's not like we left it, you know, slightly opener. It just blew off. She goes, wow, it sounds like, yeah, all these, that's weird. Yeah, all these weird things happen to me all the time. My boss always says, wow, you have the weirdest stories. She goes, yep, I'm cursed. She goes, she says, I'm cursed like that. She's comparing my story to hers and saying we're cursed. I said, well, you know, I'm blessed. So I don't accept the curse. I'm not cursed. And we're all in a very funny, because she knows me. So, um, and I said, no, 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 I'm not. I said, you are not cursed. She goes, oh, yeah, I'm cursed. I said, well, you can be cursed, but I'm blessed. (laughs) And I thought to myself after I hung up, you know, I got through all the preliminaries. But my thought was here. Is something that I'm blessed and it's protected. It will be taken care of and all that. But I could have changed my outcome by agreeing with someone who has fully embraced the, a curse in her life. Because she was explaining to me, see, when... Okay, I digress, but I have to explain this to you. You will know if you or someone else has been well-schooled in the enemy's language and belief system. Because you will get, number one, when I say I'm not cursed, I'm blessed, you will be highly offended, and you will think I'm too proud, and I'm better than you. The second thing is you will also present evidence as to why that statement you just said is true and happens a lot, which she proceeded to tell me. You understand? That will, t- if you find yourself defending things that are negative, stop. Just hush the mouth. <laughs> hush the mouth. Make a note to yourself this must change immediately. Sorry. What if, if it's something like, like Especially what a doctor says over you especially what the doctor said there's a verse in the bible which i don't know where it is right now if anybody knows where it is tell me whose report will you believe right there's a verse that go there's a scripture there whose report will you believe somebody look it up and we okay you keep that one whose report will you believe there's there are many reports that will be given you have to know which one you're going to side with right so your blind spot when you discover it and attack it you will offend people because and and they will they will look at you like you think you're better than them the truth of the matter is you really are <laughs> like even that's hard for you to even comprehend saying to somebody <laughs> because think about it when we're in Christ we are a new creation correct Okay, the sinner is not a new creation. Not because they don't qualify, because they rejected. Do you understand? It's not because they're not good enough to become a new creature. It's because they said no. Or they chose not to listen. You understand what I'm saying? Or maybe they never heard it. Either way, a sinner and you are not equal. (sighs) One is in darkness You are in light. You must know this. You must understand this about yourself and quit trying to fit in. The gospel is not convicting because we're fitting in. It's because of the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who convicts people of sin righteousness. And judgment so when we decide we want to fit in so we can help people have come to Christ we're actually taking the place of the Holy Spirit that's his job our job is to tell the truth and the Holy Spirit has the truth in the atmosphere to actually work with with the person who just heard it but when we dilute it and we're trying to be all like relevant (laughs) it ain't the Holy Spirit that's working there You know what I'm saying? No, I'm not telling you to go tell people. Oh, my gosh. When I grew up and you were a Christian girl, a Christian girl, not a Christian guy, a Christian girl, you couldn't wear makeup, you couldn't wear pants, you couldn't wear jewelry, you couldn't nothing. So my dad didn't believe any of that. But he said, because of the culture, if we did it and went to the churches, oh, my gosh, the whole church would shut down, like the whole denomination would shut down. (laughs) So out of wisdom, we didn't wear makeup outside the house. He would bring it from America and we'd wear it inside the house. But but, but, like that's not what I'm, they even had a song, you can't go to heaven with a mini skirt, you can't go to heaven with lipstick on. They sing this in church. Who do you think they're singing it to? The women. Because no man's wearing, well now today, they were prophesying. But what I'm saying is, A lot of the culture was putting pressure on people in order to be a Christian. You can't do this and you can't do that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about because I am a Christian, I do this and I do that. It's more of what I do because I'm a Christian versus what I can't do. Do you see? Because what you do will eliminate what you can't do or you won't do. Let's put it that way. So I won't go around telling you how horrible I feel because I know that's the temporary. It is not my permanent situation. And that opens me up to solutions. I had a raging boil issue on my body. Like I'm talking, oh my God, nasty stuff. And I would be, like, praying over this thing, asking for wisdom, speaking healing, all this stuff. And it would go away and come back, go away and come back. And it was just, like, ridiculous. So, finally, I said, Lord, you need to show me. You see, the Holy Spirit's always listening to us, and he's well, well, ready to give an answer. But sometimes we just splurt out what we think the answer is, and it, it ain't it, you know, just. So... Finally, one day I said, Lord, you need to show me what this is. Well, well, I'm glad he will. Thank you for finally asking the right question. <laughs> so all I heard was, it's a system. Look up a system with the symptoms you have. So I looked up a sy- this word system and put this thing. And then there's this long, drawn-out name. I can't even pronounce it. I don't know what it's called. So, and I went, oh. So I started reading to see the strategy of this thing from Satan, okay, And I saw how it progresses on the body. So I then decided, no, I'm going to speak words that say, you don't progress that way on my body. You stop. So now instead of I speak healing to my body and blah, blah, blah. I now say the system that's operating illegally in my body must go. See how the words change? Because I got light on the subject. You see. So I started speaking to the system because that's the word the Holy Spirit said to me. He said the word system. So you pick up on the cues of what the teacher is telling you. Okay? So then I took that information and started speaking that way. And then after a while, I found out that my body does not like chicken. And when I eat chicken... This system is very happy. Mm -hmm. I stopped eating chicken and everything went away like it was never there. (coughs) Yeah. Isn't that bizarre? So I stopped what was feeding the problem, but I didn't end it there. Because now I don't want to live my entire life without eating chicken. Because everybody else can eat chicken. Why can't I eat chicken? So I'm currently speaking to chicken <laughs> and my body can eat all types of food anywhere I go. You understand? So it's not over yet. I am simply speaking what I want to happen. But this is a great exercise for me to operate in higher levels of faith. You see, you take everything and you operate it to get you into a higher level than where you are. You take it and you use it. And you're using it against the enemy. So my body just loves beef, turkey. We have a blast with that. And literally, when I eat beef, everything calms down in my body. Like, I feel like, wow, this feels great. wow i'm the wow girl (laughs) so do you see how but the holy spirit showed me what my body was doing with certain things you see now wisdom would tell me stop doing those things okay if the holy spirit tells you something So here's another thing you may not know. Somebody said this to me one day, and I went, oh, my gosh, I never even thought about that. When the Holy Spirit gives you an instruction, every time God speaks to you, it's not just regular words that that somebody else is saying. He is the holder of anointings. So when God gives you a word or an instruction, it has an anointing with it. So it's personalized to you. So you now have that anointing for that thing, whatever it is. This is why it's dangerous to compare how you can do something versus how somebody else can do something. Because you're comparing a natural and an anointing thing. And you could literally sabotage the anointing that was sent with the word to you. You could sabotage it and neutralize it because you're you're like comparing it to the other persons. Do you see what I'm saying? So when God tells you to do something or gives you a revelation about something or asks you to do something, he anoints you to do it. He's not sending you out with your natural power. It's his power. You understand? So because he told, pointed out, what we found out, it was chicken and all this stuff. Well, I, I, I'm fine. I don't have to eat chicken. But I'm choosing to like, my body should not be allergic to anything. I'm living on earth. It's on earth. I should have it. That's my philosophy. The Holy Spirit will tell me if I'm wrong. You understand? So, this, but here's what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to be arrogant to go, I'm going to eat the chicken and it's not going to do anything to me. That's stupid. Okay that's arrogance and pride, because then you're doing it in your own strength, okay If the Holy Spirit quickens you to do it, then go do it the other The other thing too don't put yourself in bondage to it. so let's say I travel somewhere in another country, and the only thing to eat for five days is chicken. there's nothing else but chicken. Guess what that chicken turned into beef. <laughs> do you understand? <laughs> But here's how it's not going to do that. Here's how it's not going to do that. It's not going to do that if I look at it every day for five days and say, it's too bad I can't eat because it's chicken. It's too bad I can't eat because it's chicken. You understand? You see, the Holy Spirit will wait on my words to decide what do we do here. I will look at that thing and say, you know what? That cow that thing came from was a strong, healthy cow. (laughs) My body sees that thing as cow <laughs> without the moo. <move. laughs> you see what I'm saying? <laughs> so, all right. Oh, man, we got 20 minutes. All right, everybody see what I'm saying? Where, what point am I on? This is just a conversation. Oh, this is about conversation? Yeah, look at what we got. <laughs> Your conversation. Do you see where you could be losing everything? All, you go to church, the pastor's preaching about faith. God can do this. And God, you're like in there going, Yes, he can. And you have lunch with your friend the next day. And you tell them the message, and they go, Well, I remember my Aunt Susie. She tried. It didn't work. Oh, tell me, really? Because they convinced me like this stuff is for everybody. You're telling, Oh, no, no, no. If it was, don't you think it would have happened to us by now? Oh, you're right. Right now, there's a scripture that says that the enemy is waiting for the word when it's put in you to take it to snatch it away. So when I tell you while you're listening to what's being said, accept the revelation that comes like when the Holy Spirit quick and said, that one's for you. Take it. Take it. Say, I swallowed the pill. I swallowed the pill. It's in there. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> You see what I'm saying? Your words matter in the situation. It's your will. So in other words, in, or, in order for the enemy to take it from you, you have to say, you know what? I agree. Take it. Yeah. Right. OK, we got all that. Yeah. Oh, so here's how you test. OK. OK. Your blind spots don't remain blind spots unless they're supported. So they have to be supported by a belief system. Now you take note of this for yourself. Track yourself. When the demon that's assigned to the area you live in, and your family, whoever, whatever demon—I don't know—they're not omnipresent, by the way. They have to. They work hard to keep you in bondage. Um, when the realization has occurred that you haven't used the same words you used to use and you haven't done the same things you used to do, there will be the reinforcers that show up to remind you who you used to be. So I want you to track your relationships and find out who you quickly agree with to go back in bondage. It'll come up in, conversations. You remember when you stopped this, Miss Lisa? Remember? Yep. You said, ah, so you brought my attention to you. But (laughs) time is the big element here. If you ever saw anyone in an abusive relationship or if you've been in one yourself, the number one thing that gets the person to go back with the abuser it's always when the abuser has a chance to talk to them themselves. Because the abuser has been planting words inside of them for years. So now they don't need a lot of time to pull you back in because they've already set the stage. And if you never got rid of those words, then as soon as you're back in their presence, their words now have higher authority than anybody else's words. Because you didn't take their words out of you right so you have to literally do a uh a weed yeah you know like how you uproot weeds and stuff when you're prepping a garden for planting yeah you gotta literally do it when you when you leave a bad relationship whether it's abusive a job a marriage a family whatever you have to uproot all the words from those people every last one of them so I'm going to tell you what I did this week. Changed my entire life in the last two days. I, I don't know what I was listening to. And all of a sudden, quickened in me, I thought, you know, I need to speak to my body. I need to do the scripture, which I have in a note down here, but I'll tell you what it is now so you can write it down. Um, it is Psalm 139, and I believe it's verse 23. Put that up for me. Psalm 139:23. Yeah, this this part, right? Search me, God, and know my heart. So based on that scripture, right? What I did was I said, Lord, I give you permission, Holy Spirit, I give you permission to search me and find if there are any victim seeds in me. That were planted from childhood, you know, from how I grew up, from my family line way back when, whatever. Go in there and root it out. I give you permission to clean the whole thing out. The next day I woke up, it was like, I forgot I prayed it. I just remember doing it the day before. I woke up, I had energy, like I never had, I had like a plan. Like I, ne- I was like, wow. It's cool. I like this new routine. I'm thinking I came up with a new routine halfway through the day. The Lord reminded me about the prayer. I I went, Oh my gosh. Apparently, I had victim seeds in me that was starting to get watered. Oh. You see, the Holy Spirit will alert you to things when they're starting to get triggered that the enemy's plan to use it. You understand? When the Holy Spirit quickens you to something, stop where you are and just do it right away. It's words. It's 10 seconds. All he's doing is asking, do you want me to work on that while you go about your day? Yes, please, by all means. You don't have to wait till you have time to go home, sit down with the Bible and do all that. You need to just give permission because you are a free will. You have your own will. But the Holy Spirit is your helper. You hear me? so i pray every morning for a couple hours in tongues and when i'm praying in tongues these things come up like in tongue i'm praying in tongues but in my mind i'm, I'm getting this quickening i do this and i go oh yeah you know and then i stop and i do it in english and say yes holy spirit blah blah blah. and then i go about you know this is i just do it like that so i had an instruction um last friday i was praying in tongues in the morning and uh I felt quickened in my spirit to ask my staff in Guyana, my administrator, to do something. But something happened. Uh, I got a phone. Something happened. So by the time I could call him, or I think I tried to call him and he wasn't available. So by the time I could get back to it, it was late at night, and I knew he wouldn't be available. I mean, he's sleeping. So I said, man, this has to happen. So I said, Holy Spirit, quicken him to do this thing you asked me to call him to tell him because the time is, you know... the next day he went ahead and did it, right? I hadn't talked to him yet. I finally talked to him on Monday. Well, I didn't even talk to him, I texted him. And on Sunday night. I said, Listen, tomorrow you need to do this, this, and this, and blah blah blah. He texted me back, Oh, I already did that one. I'll do the next I went, Thank you, Jesus. When I called him, he said, Yeah, I woke up Saturday morning and said, The first thing I need to do is this. And yeah. You see what I'm saying? The Holy Spirit is our helper. Here is where you have a blind spot. Let's say the Holy Spirit told you in the morning to do this and you didn't at night. If okay, you have a low self-esteem blind spot. If you start saying to yourself, I'm so awful, I can't believe I forgot to do that. The Holy Spirit's the one who asked me, oh my gosh. And you start going into this hole like, I'm a terrible person. That's a blind spot. That's a shame, condemnation blind spot so you need to deal with that good prayer Psalm 139 23 search me God take out all shame and condemnation out of me I give you permission to take out the trees the roots everything any seed left in the back from generations before that they're planning to toss out even to my future nope zero it's all gone burn it up you see what I'm saying and that will take care of a lot so i'm glad i didn't go into that so that tells me we fixed that problem (laughs) but you take authority and you live in authority so i was given an instruction i didn't get to it so i took authority and spoke for it to happen and it happened you see we operate in supernatural power by the holy spirit the anointing on something is supernatural it goes above natural ability when i when i tell you guys talk to your schedule and say what you want it to be this is what i'm talking about it's supernatural you don't have to and here's the thing that we do we are concerned about our co-workers what are they thinking, you know, like, they, I'm always having off and they're not, well, get in the kingdom, <laughs> it's easy, get in the kingdom and start growing, start learning to use your authority, don't, don't get mad at me because I'm using my authority, <laughs> do you understand, we, these are blind spots, we are trying to bring everybody along, so we hold ourselves back till they can all catch up, no, <laughs> run your race like a champion, the gold medalists aren't waiting for the silver medalists to catch up. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? They're looking for gold. Isn't that what Paul says? Run the race, reach for the goal. <laughs> the women, especially, we're waiting for everybody to come with us. Oh, we don't want to leave them behind. They got the same book. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? This isn't being mean, but my point is, who are they going to see ahead? At least let them stretch to catch you. Show an example. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> my gosh, I've surely been delivered, I'll tell you that. <laughs> All right, where are we? Um Okay, everybody got that? That's one point. Oh, my goodness. We got like... <laughs> Although if you took care of this, I mean, a whole bunch of stuff will go away right away, okay? Second thing, check on your identity of yourself. Well, I kind of led into that, okay? Psalm 139:23. that's the one I told you about. That's the one to help cleanse your identity. Just tell the Holy Spirit, get in there every single... Uh, here's the other thing I prayed. Any seed in me that God didn't plant get it out I don't want it I gave it no permission to remain in my warehouse It's bad product I don't want it Yep So All right check your identity of yourself Okay for example are you a victim instead of a victor Romans 8:37 says we are more than conquerors that's not victim language okay do you have clouded vision based on the traditions of men instead of the purpose of God now this is a big one according to Psalm 139:16, God wrote a book about what your life is supposed to look like here He did not consult the country you were born in, the race you were born to, and the gender that he created you to be. He wrote the book because he created you to do something in particular. And he planned for you to be on earth now because he needs you here now. Okay? And he put the plans inside of you. The only way you would know those plans is if you are stuck with some blind spots and here's how you can find some of those blind spots for your purpose if you say i would but i would but i would but the but is your blind spot continue the sentence so if you say i would but continue saying what you were going to say call the person's name call the event's name call the tradition's name out and then take the butt and ask the Holy Spirit to go in you and take out all the butts that are like that. For real. According to Psalm 139:23, done. Give permission to the Holy Spirit to wipe out the butts. <laughs> so simple, isn't it? <laughs> all the butts got to go. Big butts, small butts, every kind of butts. <laughs> Oh i have to go <laughs> logical ones the ones that make sense the ones that have been told you I'll bring in Nate's story here is that okay Lisa do yes. you know Nate you know Nate Lisa's son Nate like when I first met him he had all the reasons why he couldn't learn or think like everybody else so he, I was in the kitchen with him one day, and he's standing on the other side of the table, and he's talk, I'm talking to him like I would anybody else. And he's over there, and I'm over here, and he's talking. So he's talking fluently to me. having We're having a great conversation. And all of a sudden, he stops, and he goes, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry that I'm talking a little slow because, you know, there's something my mind. I'm a little slower. I mean, he's explaining to me what his problem is. I looked at him, I said, I'm, uh, I'm sorry, what? He said, yeah, you know, I'm a little slow. And I said, really? I said, that's odd because you have a brain and I have a brain. And we're both using our brains right now. Whether you use your brain faster than mine or slower, that's your choice. But we're using our brain and we're having a conversation. You're speaking words I understand. It seems like you're understanding the words I'm speaking. So, I don't see a problem. He goes, Oh. Well, you know, you're right. I said, Of course I'm right. (laughs) And then from there on, he started getting A's and all this in regular school when he was going to like special schools or whatever. Anyway, the next shocking event in his life for me was I'm in the kitchen one day. It all all happened in the kitchen, all the shocking. And he walks in and he goes, You know, Pastor Fiona. I think I'm going to go to college. I just about fell over. Honestly. (laughs) I was like, well, that's just great. (laughs) Because the whole big event of this kid's life was to get him through high school, regular high school. He walks in and says he wants to go to college. I said, well, absolutely. What are you going to study? I don't know yet. Well, then that's going to college. is a right. That's a good move right there. Yeah. He's in college right now. He's, So what I'm saying is we have to check the blind spots of what somebody else told us about ourselves, right? So those identity markers will cloud the vision that was already put in every cell in your body that was written by God personally about you which means it carries an anointing for the thing he wrote about you inside of you. So you could do it like nobody else could do it. And you just have to know that. You understand what I'm saying? So this is why, my book Identity Reset I think touches on this. This is why it's very, it's sad frankly. It's sad to to not do something because somebody you know who's really good at other things did it and they failed. It's sad. Don't ever do that. Don't ever, ever do that because they don't have the DNA structure, the handprints of God inside of them, the message and the anointing inside of them that God himself put to say, when you stand in front of the door, the door will recognize you and just open. You, you watered it down to when your friends stood in front of the door, they're so beautiful and pretty and so much smarter than you, and they stood there and do, the door did nothing. What do you think the door's going to do for me? <laughs> you see, that's the traditions of men. That's the traditions of men. And the traditions of men, I have the verse here for you. Mark 7.13. You write all these things you got to go study on your own. Mark 713. Well, you're not going to study it on your own. The Holy Spirit will teach you the part that you need to know. Let's rephrase that right there. <laughs> okay. Um, you have to give your own will to it, is what I'm saying. You have to give permission to it. Okay, Mark 7 13. So you nullify the authority of the word of God, acting as if it did not apply because of your tradition which you have handed down through the elders and you do many things such as that. You see, the tradition, and Matthew says it this way, the traditions of men causes the word of God to be of no effect. Not that the word of God isn't effective. It's not effective to the people who put tradition above the word. Okay? Now, let me tell you something. The Lord showed me this today and I thought, oh, you remember the Garden of Eden? We all do. That place um, <laughs> where it all started. I wrote a little note here about it. Okay. All right. Okay, hold on. I'm reading my own note. Okay. Um, Okay, let me tell it to you. Okay, <laughs> you remember how the Lord in Genesis two? Um, let me find it here. I'll tell you. I think it's two. Just look at chapter two, and you'll see it. Okay, in Genesis chapter two. Oh, in chapter two, 16, 17, where God told them exactly what trees to eat from, right? And he said, "These trees you can eat from. And, um, but this one, go to the next one. You eat the fruit from every tree of the garden, but only from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat." Okay. God was telling them. The food was on all the other trees, but this tree is not food. And Eve. Did not take that in she compared this tree to the other trees like they were the same but God was telling her this tree even though it looks like the uh, it looks like fruit it's not fruit it's not for you to eat it's not food those are all food this is not food don't eat it because if you eat it you're going to die the devil came in and he didn't care what the truth was he magnified for her the fact that it was good to eat look at Genesis 3 where he talks to her about it where does he bring it up well you guys go home and look at it in Genesis 3 if you look at the conversation with the devil and Eve he convinced her that it was good to eat she looked at it and said when she saw that it was good to eat you know what she was comparing to she hadn't tested anything to see if it was poisonous or not she compared it to the other trees it looked like what it looked like just like the other trees it looked the same. You know, we were we had to take care of it the same way we had to tend. Because remember, they had to tend to the garden. He didn't tell them not to tend to it. They had to still take care of it. He just told them, don't eat. It's not food. Don't eat. These are food. This isn't food. And because it all looked the same, she went ahead and turned it into food. When God didn't put the food command on it, she she. And she, she, so she listened to the devil because he convinced her with shady truth. He took a little bit of the truth and deceived her with it. Do you see? That's how the traditions of men are. Well, they all look the same, you know. They believe in Jesus. He says he's a Christian. You know what I'm saying? They say this, they say that. But the, <laughs> is it good to eat? If God said no, don't eat. (laughs) This is why you ask the Holy Ghost, what do I do? So with relationships, friendships, jobs, all these things, you got to find out, is that a poisonous tree for me or a food tree for me? Is this tree going to kill me or is it going to feed me? That's what you got to ask. If you can't ask that, you have a blind spot to the traditions of men. We just don't do things like that there. Oh, my gosh, that's so weird. Traditions of men. (laughs) Those are words of blind spots. You understand? You have been conditioned with evidence and lots of studies. (laughs) And what? polls. Polls, yeah. This percentage of that, the percentage of the Americans that are saying they're Christians are 96. Really? We don't see evidence here? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? The woman that told me she's cursed is a Christian. That really hasn't gone to church for a while. Can you see the evidence? Yeah. That I know of. She might have started going. But that's not the thing. Going to a church is not the thing either. There's a deceiving thing right there. Well, I've been going to my church for the last 50 years. My mother went there. My dad, how did they do? Well, you know. (laughs) Some churches are better than other churches. The church for you is better than every church. The church for you. Do you understand what I'm saying? The church God has for you to be planted in is better than any other church you can go to. When you start deciding, I don't, the devil will show you everything you shouldn't like about the church. Trust me. <laughs> With lots of evidence. You have to decide who tells you what church to go to. That's just what it comes down to. All your dislikes are most likely blind spots. Check them out. Do not just assume you got permission to leave because of a dislike. Check it out first. Okay. Did we say we go till late 30? Okay. We got that. Okay. Are you guys learning something tonight? Okay. So now that I've warmed you up, we're going to go to Proverbs 31. Let's go there. Shall we? (laughs) Let's go to Proverbs 31 and get rid of all the blind spots. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. When the devil wants to tie up um, ungodly women in his kingdom, he teaches them how to sleep with other women and puts demons in them so they could do it, right? And he also uh, speaks to them that their body is their choice so they can kill babies in there. It's not a baby yet. That's what he does for them. But when he wants to put church women in bondage, he goes to Proverbs 31. And then he also uses Ephesians where you submit those scriptures. He combines them with half-truths and deceive a whole group of church people, not just the women. He has to convince the men to command the women to do those things. All right. So Proverbs 31, I think it starts in verse 10. Let's not, you know, verse 1 and all that. We all know that. I think it's verse 10. Okay. An excellent woman. The one who is spiritual, capable, intelligent, and virtuous who is he who could find well first of all apparently she's running around somewhere (laughs) because she's so hard to find it's like a dime a dozen (laughs) okay her value is more precious than jewels and her her worth is far above rubies or, or pearls and see even that women don't want to be compared to because of proverbs 31 you, you know what I'm saying? Like, women don't want to be told they're, like, so precious. Like, But in the, in the Song of Solomons, it compares, it talks about how precious we are and all that stuff. It, so, okay, so you know the whole chapter. But here's what I want you When you read it again, I want you to understand that what the traditions of men have taught is for you as a woman to do all those things and toil over them in your own strength. What I'm suggesting is this. You look at the things that happen in a household and you decide to operate it by faith with your words. So one of the things in there is she wakes up early and she gives her servants instructions. Which one of the stay-at-home moms that the dads decide you had to be barefoot and pregnant for 500 years Did they ever provide you with servants? Well, in today's politically correct environment, maids. If they want you to do those things, maybe the maids need to show up too because she did have people to instruct to tell them what to do. While her fingers were getting all cut up on the thread, she's (laughs) apparently... Do you see what I'm saying? You have to take the whole thing in context. And as a woman who runs a household, run it by faith. So your house can please the Lord and not just wear you out in your own strength. The Lord gets no kind of joy out of that. First of all, nobody wants to be you. But <laughs> like, Come over to my side. We have a blast. We're all this... Having babies and taking her houses. <laughs> like, woo! <laughs> Only the devil could make something dumb down something like that. Do you understand? If you really read that through the eyes of faith, this is a high-powered woman that knows how to make decisions, knows how to negotiate. She buys and sells real estate. Apparently. And she can talk to men. Who do you think is working on the merchant ships from afar off? It sure ain't women. You know, what do you call them? Pirates. (laughs) And back in that day, they were like pirates. You understand what I'm saying? She's the one out there with her dainty little self compared to jewels and pearls. (laughs) Little Miss Pearls and jewels is out there negotiating with these dudes. (laughs) While her husband... (laughs) While her husband apparently is having a little pat, a chat with all the townsmen at the gates where they make decisions. Do you see the picture? Put it in your life. (laughs) My gosh. Quit trying to learn how to sew and cook and clean. Like my gosh. (laughs) Do you see? Get that out of you. If you were planted with those seeds from traditions, you need to junk that out of you now. Like rip it out. Yes. Well, that's what I'm saying. Give the Holy Spirit permission. He knows how to junk it. All you get one swipe. Whoo! The next morning you wake up, all them guilty feelings about. Oh my gosh, I didn't get to do this. Gone. (laughs) We good with Proverbs 31 now? All right. (laughs) So we have okay, here's the deal. We have a new covenant. So go to Matthew 10 8. When you go home, read Matthew 10 8. We have a new covenant. Matthew 10 8. Write it down, go look at it. New covenant. Okay? So we have empowerment by the Holy Ghost. We're not having to do all these things by ourselves. It's such a drag. And then not only that, not you're in your whole house trying to do all these things. And then when you meet with your girlfriends, you have to say, it's like it makes it worse because you think you're like confiding in each other, but you have just multiplied your problems. You know what I'm saying? I don't, sometimes I don't think women know what to talk about anymore. And they feel bad talking about a victory when their friend is all crying and carrying on about her defeats. You need new friends if that's the situation. Like, seriously. You need some powerful women of God to, like, hang out with. You see? You know, when we first started Woven, you would not believe this now, seeing it now. Honest to God. (laughs) When we first started Woven, oh, my God. I think we assigned a person to every table that would redirect the conversation. Wow. We had to do that because the... Do you remember this? I think I did, like secretly in the background. We would be like, how about if you said to this day, everybody... Part of my team, just make sure each of you are sitting at a table. And then when the conversation goes, just redirect. Because the women will come in here and just think it's a place they can all just babble on about bad, bad. If you think my friend oh, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, because I knew when I started teaching, they would all be in shock. And they would, like, get up and walk out. Because, like, I would preach against everything they were just doing. <laughs> Without knowing that's what they were just doing. Do you understand what I'm saying? But we had to break up the traditions of men around here. And the way we did it, we actually had to do that because all that would happen is the bad. Nobody would really bring up the word. Nobody would talk about and the atmosphere would just be like, oh. I would get up here. I was like the number one enemy. Like, who does she think she is? She has no idea. Well, thank God it worked. Okay. So, um, okay. Last thing. You have to be a woman of God through God's eyes of light instead of the traditions of men. So, a woman of God, because when I say this, I even have to, because this is a traditions of men favorite. (sighs) I'm a woman of God. Through the eyes of light. Your eyes must be filled with light. Do you understand what I'm saying here? <laughs> okay. You remember how it says, let your eyes be flooded with light, like a Flash like a um, floodlight, just like you can't look at any, you can't see anything at all. That's what you need to be blinded by the light of God. How many, three days, I think that's my, oh, it's here. Um, three days, Paul had to decide who he was going to serve. And in the three days, he was blind. So he had to make a decision internally inside of him. Because remember, he was full of the traditions of men. Like, I mean, the man studied it all. And by the way, as a point of reference, he was around when Jesus was walking. But he never even came, He never came to the truth while Jesus himself was there. What do you think? He was one of the other guys. You understand what I'm saying? Think about it. You talk about traditions of men. He was full of it. And three days, and and he saw blinding light. Remember? Yeah. That's blind that stuff out of you, man. Just like you can't see the traditions of men anymore. You are blind to it. Instead of being blind to the truth of God, you need to be blind to the the traditions of men. That's what needs to happen. You know you're blind to it when they they get mad. That's like a sure-tell sign. Okay. Uh, so if you were blinded to the traditions of men and full of light to God's way what would you do differently write yourself that note make a note ask yourself what would I do differently if I didn't consider the traditions of men and by traditions of men I mean like traditions like in our family we do this in our church we do this in my christianity this is what we do (laughs) in that tone of voice it'll be that way in your head so (laughs) (laughs) what are the untouchables that you're not allowed to touch what move of the holy ghost can't you participate in because that's just like not me it's not my personality well, it's not your personality. It's the Holy Spirit's personality. He's trying to express through you. Give him a place. You see what I'm saying? The wineskin can't be new if you hold on to the old. You decide if the wineskin's new or old. Not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit ain't going to come poor. Oh, let me give her a new wine. No. You. <laughs> He's got enough wineskins. But you don't have it because you haven't received it. It's all permission based. All of it. Don't sit around in a church where the Holy Ghost is flowing and you're waiting for your day to come. Um, Today. It's there it is. It's there. Take it. But a lot of times you can't take it because some like something just holds me back. You know what it is? It's got lots of people's names attached to it. It's not just something it's a group of people it's a group of people and it could have been from when you were a child and they used to laugh at you those same people that you haven't seen in a hundred (laughs) years but they planted their laughter in you and now you can't laugh when the Holy Spirit wants you to laugh you see those would all be under the category of the traditions of men oh and if you're concerned about making somebody mad That's the high-level traditions of men. Okay? So that now, if you have the fear of man, okay, here's a blind spot. Wherever you have the fear of man, you do not have the love of God. Wherever you have the fear of man, you do not have the love of God on that specific subject matter. So, because fear torments and perfect love casts out fear. So you cannot have the love of God dwelling in you where the fear of man is dwelling. They don't, they're not good roommates. It would be like you're asking the king of a country that's visiting your country, and they're coming, and you know they're coming, and you're telling them to go in San Francisco and sleep with the homeless people. Doesn't that sound ludicrous? Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's make it that vivid. (laughs) Right? The fear of man is the homeless people in a tent, and you're asking God to go hang out there. He will go to cleanse people, but he ain't going to come into you so you can decide do you want that person's decision or his. You understand? Treat God like a king. He will extend his kingdom to you. Right? It's already available to us, but we keep saying we're not worthy. He can't convince you you are. He's giving you everything he could. He doesn't know what else does he give. He said he gave his best, Jesus. All right. Um, Okay, so let me give you some examples in the Bible of women that thought a little differently. Mary, the mother of Jesus, she got pregnant outside of wedlock without a man. I mean, I mean not just the traditions of men, the laws of biology. I mean, she accepted something that was against the laws of nature. <laughs> like, she just said, be it unto me, like, oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. this is how we need to be, like when God says something, and listen, he didn't announce this in a group of people, she wasn't sitting at the table with all the women in her life, you know, all the, the, the well-known women that she look up to, you know, all the grandmas and the moms, and the, it was by herself, she was by herself, I had to make this big life-changing decision, from an angel telling her this. Have you ever thought about this? If an angel wasn't... <laughs> like I mean, seriously, folks. This woman said, be it unto me. It wasn't even... She was a girl. This young lady said, be it unto me. And women today, the devil has bound women so much. Women who give birth to children... Can't say no to the traditions of men. Like, seriously. <laughs> Do you see how crazy this is? <sighs> okay. Then we have Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist. Her husband went dumb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Kendra's here, so I won't say much on the subject, but imagine. The whole thing was silent. Uh, <laughs> She probably had to initiate, too. That's another problem, probably, for all the traditions of men. <laughs> not allowed to do that. Initiate. Okay. <laughs> we, we did the relationship teaching somewhere, and I remember making a point. There was a question asked about the subject. And I, and we said, well, you know, it's not just the man that could be this way. Women could be this way. And a couple of women were like, Amen. <laughs> like okay (laughs) anyway Uh, then we have so elizabeth went ahead and say said yes to god when her husband had a bunch of questions that made him dumb so she literally (laughs) so if she was following the traditions of men she would have go along with whatever you know she would have thrown herself on the sword because her husband would be right nonsense anyway (laughs) and you know what's gonna happen okay (laughs) you know what I've been told around town my reputation is that I don't like men and I mistreat my husband (laughs) and then I I just have to answer well I I only like like the like you're talking about I hope you're talking about like the like where only my husband should have that like and my husband is a happy, happy man and does not think he's being mistreated in any way. Or he would have told me. Go ask him yourself. I told go tell him I told you so. <laughs> oh. Yeah. But for me to tell women they are free to make decisions, I'm the bad woman. Do you see how the devil can put instructions in an environment? That when the truth comes in, people close their eyes. Isn't that what Jesus said? They close their eyes to the truth. (sighs) No, I'm here now. We're going to know the truth. And you can make a decision about whatever the heck you want to make it. You understand? But this is the truth. You can choose what you want. I do this in my own life. I have a happy husband and two happy sons. They're happy. They can be their best self. You see what I'm saying? I can be my best self. This is how we are free when God gives us an instruction. We don't go ask permission. We ask, how can we work it in to the schedule? You understand? We're not going, well, God asked me to do this. What do you think? What do I think? This should not even be a question. Don't give man the opportunity to override God. Right there, you just disrespected God. If you are thinking about something yourself and you're asking for an opinion on the matter because it's your own thoughts, that's different. But when you're going to lead with God told me to do this, what you think, I, I don't think there. Whatever you said, God said to do, that's you and God. Don't come bring me into it. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Because you're not putting me in a dangerous spot. You're putting me to be the judge over God. Now, if it's your words and you're telling me God said, then you are in trouble. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So this is these are important things to know. Okay. Then we have um Deborah. The judge, Deborah. God put her in charge of a country. God did. You look in the book of Judges. Then we have the Proverbs 31 woman. Nobody believes her. Everybody <laughs> Everybody has made her out to be this <laughs> terrible person. <laughs> it's because of what the devil has done to the woman's name. Um, then we have Abigail, the wife of Nabal. Remember her? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's in 1 Samuel 25. Um, that's it. Oh, the Shunammite woman. You remember the Shunammite woman in um, 2 Kings 4, 8 to 10? She asked her husband about, let's make a room for the prophet. She was the one that did it. And then the prophet decided, you need a son. She goes, well, my husband's really old. He just ignored everything she had to say. See the traditions of men? If your husband's too old, you can't have a son. So she had to initiate some stuff for the old guy to work out so she can have a son. You know what I'm saying? All woman-driven. And that was Old Testament. Old Testament. We're in a better covenant. Like, we're in a better covenant. We didn't go backwards here, people. When Jesus came, Galatians 3.28, we're all equal now. The only place a woman is not equal is in Satan's kingdom. The world system, women, will never be equal. And the funny thing is, women go to the world system because they think that's the only place they could be equal. Not in the church. Isn't that sad? The devil flipped it on the Christian women that if you're in the church, you can't be equal to a man. That's really what it comes down to. It is ludicrous for a woman to think she's equal to a man in the church, according to the devil, which most women agree with. And men. I don't agree with it. So. All right. I think 830. I've stopped talking now. If you have questions, I will answer them. Goodbye to our online audience.